welcome to this podcast from the City of London Churches for the Our City Together campaign from the City of London. My name is Laura Jurgensen and I'm the Rector of St Botolph without Oldgate at the eastern edge of the city. The theme this month is celebration. So of course as churches this podcast is going to be all about Christmas. There'll be many different ways Christmas is celebrated in the churches in the city this year or perhaps online. There'll be churches who have crafts for children and nativity plays, churches who will celebrate Christmas with contemporary music, and churches whose walls will echo with music from across the centuries. Worship will be offered in person or online on Zoom, YouTube and other digital platforms. But each church will be offering worship to God for the same reason, to celebrate the birth of the Christ child in Bethlehem. Later in the podcast, Marcus Walker, Rector of St Bartholomew the Great, will be giving his reflections on the cadences of the Christmas services. But first, we hear, speaking from the Chapel of St Peter Advincula in the Tower of London, from Roger Hall, the Tower's chaplain. Hello and welcome to the Tower of London and welcome to one of the two chapels in the Tower of London, this one, the Chapel of St Peter Advincula, which is on Tower Green, right in the very centre of the heart of the Tower of London. I've been asked to say just a few words about the traditions at Christmas here in the Tower of London. Well, one tradition which you'll all know about is the Ceremony of the Keys. This goes on 365 days of the year, every night starting at half past nine, and usually attended by up to 200 members of the public. Um, On the days when the tower is closed, and that's very little, um, uh, five days a year, that's all, and three of those are Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day, it's rather assumed that the residents of the tower will turn out to support the ceremony of the keys. And um, I myself usually try to make the point of being the one, one of the ones that turns out on Christmas Day. Um, This might be quite um, a task after a hearty Christmas dinner. But in support of the 14 soldiers and a tradition that's been going on for hundreds of years and 365 days of the year, it's really important that even at Christmas, somebody's there to support the ceremony of the keys. And then we have one or two quaint little uh, ceremonies at Christmas, um, which you wouldn't describe as major traditions, but nevertheless are part of the tradition of the tower. The first is the lorry arriving with the 26 Christmas trees that are placed around the tower. This year, of course, with the reduction um, of income, the reduction of visitors, etc., it was decided to make a decision to reduce the number of Christmas trees. So on this occasion, early in the morning when the lorry arrived, it felt slightly different when just a handful of Christmas trees were taken out of the back of the lorry. The other one, which might sound a bit strange to you, but is important to us as a tradition in the tower, is what we call the end-of-term dinner. This happens right at the end of the year when the yeoman warders, their wives, the officers of the tower and their wives, and of course we have to remember husbands as well with our lady beefeaters, of course, have a a Christmas dinner or an end of term dinner. Um, And this is to celebrate all that's gone on in the year and the hard work that's been done by the beefeaters every day in meeting the thousands of tourists and talking to them. And we look forward to this, and there's great attention to detail, the menu, we go to a really nice venue, and we make something really special of this. 
that's been cancelled. Um, a third little tradition, which might not sound very much, but in-house means a lot to us, is the evening in late December when the parents, accompanied by most, of course, all by their children, come and sing carols in the evening after the tower has closed. We made quite a fuss of this because a little band comes and joins them, and it's great for the children of the tower. They come round the residence, and you, there are about 140 residents in the tower, and there are um, places where they live, like the casemates, as well as um, on Tower Green here as well. And for about a couple of hours, raising money for charity, these children and their adults turn up at each house and we welcome them as they sing their carols. Well, no carol singing this year. Equally, of course, the children look forward to their annual Christmas party in the Yeoman Warders Club. This year, that's had to be cancelled as well. They'll have to find some other way for Father Christmas to deliver their tower presents to them. But perhaps the most significant and, um, event um, and tradition that happens at Christmas I've kept to the very last, and that is what we call the state carol service. Three times a year, the beef eaters, um, wearing their beautiful um, Tudor uh, uniforms, led by the constable and often the governor as well, and even the deputy governor, will march to church from the Queen's house for their, um, the, in this case, their carol service. It's a real spectacle and people love it. All the visitors see them marching right through the centre of the tower. They arrive just outside the chaplain's house, which is right next door to the chapel, uh, chapel here, where I've started a, a little tradition as well in the 14 years that I've been here. I have a tray in my hand and on it, I have um, a little glass of, just a little tot of whiskey for them all. And as they arrive, the constable salutes me and I say, good morning, constable, and welcome to the state carol service as you join us along with the beef eaters. But first, sir, may I offer you all a little tot of whiskey? And uh, that's great. And it just sets a nice feeling as they then all come into church. Their families are here, the members of the congregation are here, and some visitors, and we have a full church. And then we have a very traditional nine lessons and carols and it's a most wonderful um, service you can imagine with all our candles lit and glittering and it has a real family feel to it here in the Tower of London. By tradition the nine lessons are read by members of the Tower community starting with perhaps the most junior reading the first. Um, for example the chief yeoman warder will read one, ultimately the constable of the Tower um, will also read one as well. And then after the service, they line up outside the chapel and again, they march all the way back to the constable's house. Well, for the first time in centuries, that will not happen this year. We hopefully will have services in the chapel again over December and we'll have some form of worship here um, over Christmas when again, so as to ensure the faith is kept alive in these ancient buildings, the celebration of Christ at Christmas can happen as well. With the ongoing pandemic, all those who celebrate Christmas will be having to adapt how they do that this year. And we will, as we have had to adapt throughout this year. Recording this before the end of lockdown too, how will we, be we will be celebrating Christmas is still not clear. 
But there are ancient and more modern rhythms for the Christmas season to undergird us as we face this uncertainty. We're going to hear now from Marcus Walker, Rector of St Bartholomew the Great, as he reflects on worship at Christmas. Well, this Christmas is going to be unlike any other. As I'm saying this, we have absolutely no idea what Christmas is going to be like at all. So, perhaps in hope, or maybe as it turns out, in lament, I thought I might explore what normally comes at Christmas and what normally brings it alive and what normally gives us that liturgical oomph to take us to the Christ child each year. Or to put it another way, in heart and mind to go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass and the babe lying in a manger. I think there are few words that give me more of a tingle at this time or indeed at any other time of the year than those words by Milner White which begin every or most carol services. And carol services are such a wonderful part of this season. Perhaps they're the most important liturgical act that most people will now take part in. You've got the bidding prayer, not a prayer from the prayer book or from any other ancient service, of course, written in the 1920s, but carrying with it now so much of the Christmas season, bringing us in heart and mind to Bethlehem, preparing us for the fact that the, that the readings that punctuate that wonderful service actually do tell the loving purposes of God from the time of man's innocency unto our glorious redemption. You know, that's actually quite important. It, it isn't just music. It actually does tell a theological story. And it's a theological story that many, many, many millions who will otherwise not darken the doors of the churches will actually hear. And will hear in those wonderful pieces of music, some the old comfortable favourites, some new uh, compositions. That's one of the wonderful things about the carol services, that little interplay. And we'll hear those and we'll sing the hymns, and it's always got to be the proper hymns, hasn't it? And we'll sing those hymns, those carols, that will set set us up and help us to understand the Christmas story. And it is interesting, actually, to reflect on the fact that so much of our theology is musical. So much of our theology is sung. I think more people understand the mystery of the Incarnation because of, oh, come all ye faithful, or hark the herald angels sing, than they've understood from any of my sermons. And that's, that's not a bad thing. It goes deep deep into our hearts and into our souls, even if occasionally the theology demands a slightly closer look, such as claiming that veiled in flesh the Godhead sees. But carols really are at the core of the Christmas season. I mean, what matches, after all, what matches that moment when, O come all ye faithful, moves into the final verse on that one day of the year and with the choir the whole congregation bursts into yea lord we greet thee born this happy morning i mean that's when you know it's really christmas day 
Sometimes it happens at midnight mass. And sometimes it happens on Christmas Day. And um, I would suggest that I like it, really, when it happens at both. And you get a double dose of singing that because you really can't get enough of it because you can really only sing it that one day of the year. And at midnight mass, where you realise that it has, in fact, turned into Christmas Day and it might be dark, but that darkness is pierced by the candlelight that might just be on the altar, it might be all around the church, it very much depends where you are, but nonetheless you're seeing there in the darkness and with the light, the visible sign of the light of the world coming into the world, the light shining in darkness and the darkness comprehending it not. It's wonderful. And that first receiving of communion, perhaps, well, hopefully, if... It's all been timed properly after midnight, although, of course, we all know that, strictly speaking, it doesn't matter whether it's after midnight or not. It just has to be after dusk. But the being after midnight always just sort of feels right. And everybody being gathered there and it being one of the biggest services of the year, filled with all those people who wouldn't normally go to church, but have poured in a little bit tipsy after the first of the Christmas dinners, perhaps after the evening in the pub a bit teary about the Christmases that they remember, the parents that they remember, the children that they remember, and feeling, perhaps in their darkness, that light shining through. It, there's a reason why it's one of the most popular services and why it's one of the most important services. We could reflect, perhaps, more on that for the rest of the year. And, of course, it's mirrored the next day on Christmas Day. And I always think that the Christmas Day service takes on a different timber. It's also, of course, going to be full. Well, we hope. Um, I mean, it won't be full this year, of course, tragically. There's almost no chance of that. But normally that it'll be full, and it'll be full again with an awful lot of people who aren't normally there. And in my church, being a City of London church, we have an almost total blood transfusion in terms of the congregation. So many of ours who... So many of our regulars go home for the Christmas season, go and see their parents, go and visit family. Which means that the people who attend are people who themselves have travelled across the country in order to visit their parents, in order to visit their family, or who have decided to take Christmas in London. And so the church is full, but it's full of faces that, that, that you don't recognise, but who are there eager to celebrate the birth of Christ, to mark on that day the significance of that day by being in the church that worships the little child whose birth they're celebrating. And then, of course, everybody goes home. And hopefully, that's the point at which they might open their presents. And you have the slow descent into a food coma and alcohol-induced incomprehensibility. And, of course, if you're a priest, almost total collapse. And it's wonderful. And it's all been set up for us over the course of the previous weeks by the liturgies, by the services, by the carols, by the preaching, by everything that comes together to mean that when we celebrate the newborn Christ with our families or with our friends or alone with our television sets and carols from kings, the real significance of that day has been made apparent to us and with us and within us.
and whatever darkness we might be living in, and this year I suspect there will be a lot of darkness for an awful lot of people, there is that candle shining, that light shining in the darkness. And we have the assurance, maybe just for that one day, but hopefully beyond it, that the darkness cannot overcome it. Thank you to Roger and to Marcus for their contributions this month. Whatever you will be doing over Christmas, however you will be celebrating, we wish you comfort and joy and assure you of a warm welcome in church or online to the City of London churches.